hello and welcome to the Heal in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Emmy Marie, a certified trauma-informed coach and complex trauma survivor. Along my own healing journey, I found music to be both a supportive tool for processing emotions and a source of solace and comfort during tough times. On this show, I'm breaking down popular songs through the lens of trauma recovery, healing, and personal growth. So let's dive in. everyone. Welcome back to Heal in Harmony. I am so happy to have you here. Before we dive into today's episode, Analyzing Peace from Taylor Swift's 2020 album, Folklore, I wanted to make a quick announcement that my course, Blooming Relationships, is open for enrollment for the seventh time this month. So I created this course back in 2020, and I've offered it. This will now be the seventh time, as I mentioned. And this course is specifically designed for folks who have some sort of trauma history, or they're noticing that something from their past, whether it's a toxic relationship, a difficult upbringing, or something else is showing up in their relationships now. So maybe you're having a hard time with trust, boundaries, communication, telling the difference between red flags and triggers, intimacy, attachment styles, all of that stuff is covered in the course. So it's a 12 hour long course broken up into six modules and 20 something lessons. So it's approachable, it's self-paced, meaning you can do it at your own pace that works for you and your nervous system. And it also comes with um, four live group calls with me and a group of students taking the course. So you get that connection and that interpersonal support. So you can learn everything about this course at my website, emmymarie.com slash blooming relationships. But if you just head to my website, you'll probably find it pretty easily. And it'll also be linked in the show notes. So email me with any questions you have. Uh, registration is open through September 27th, 2023. So check that out if you're interested there are payment plans and sliding scale rates available um yeah so with that we'll go ahead and get into the episode so as i mentioned today we are analyzing peace by taylor swift's 2020 album folklore um which is very exciting this song to me is really reminiscent of what it's like to be a trauma survivor in a healthy relationship and to have struggles with trauma and mental illness when you're dating someone who is relatively healthy um so i'm really going to be sharing a lot of my personal story in this podcast as always this podcast is not me trying to speculate on what taylor swift actually meant when she wrote the song but rather it's my interpretation of it, what it means to me, uh, specifically it means to me as a survivor of abuse who has lived with complex PTSD and who has been in my relationship that has almost been seven years now, um, what it's like for me to have trauma within this relationship. So let's go ahead and dive into the lyrics. I'll go ahead and read the first verse and then give you kind of my interpretation of it. So she begins by saying, our coming of age has come and gone. Suddenly the summer, it's clear. I never had the courage of my convictions as long as danger is near. And it's just around the corner, darling, because it lives in me. No, I could never give you peace. So we're setting the scene here when she's saying that the coming of age has come and gone. And I'm sort of getting this feeling that the coming of age came and went without the protagonist or without me. 
So it's hard to feel your age when you're traumatized. A lot of us, if we grow up with trauma, are told that we have an old soul. A lot of us also feel like our development in several different ways was really stunted by the trauma we went through. So we might feel like we're kind of behind in life as adults. And so here, I think there's, you know, that an interesting conversation happening about this, where maybe as a survivor of trauma, you grew up too fast because you had to grow up to survive, but now you feel so young and you're looking around at your peers and seeing okay you know coming of age has come and gone everyone went through these phases in life where they were you know children adolescents teenagers young adults and now all of that has passed me by but i don't feel my age i either feel you know like i came of age when i was a child and i had to grow up super fast or i never got to really have those developmental processes happen at all and now i feel kind of immature or um stunted developmentally so that's just like an odd experience that many of us have that can make it really disorienting to just feel in connection with the people around you, like the people you date or just peers. So next, she says, I never had the courage of my convictions as long as danger is near. What this really reminds me of is when you are in a triggered state or a dysregulated nervous system state there is a sensation that danger is near and she furthermore says this by saying it's just around the corner darling because it lives in me so the idea of danger living within you is such a familiar experience to me as someone who has trauma i am very grateful to be at a time in my healing where i no longer feel like there is constant threat of danger around me all the time. But there was a number of years where that was my lived experience of never being able to fully trust that I was safe. Just having this sense that I always need to watch my back and be super vigilant because how am I supposed to trust that I'm actually safe when I know, you know how terrible life can be and I know what danger I've experienced in the past. So having that experience of danger feeling near to you at all times because it essentially lives in you is giving me big trauma vibes, PTSD or complex PTSD. Um, and when it comes to the courage of your convictions, what that reminds me of is having a core set of values, having things that you really care about, such as integrity, speaking up for yourself, justice, compassion, and having those things kind of fly out the window when you're triggered or dysregulated. And so there can be this kind of battle with in where you're like, well, like my logical mind, my rational mind, my soul even feels really committed to these set of convictions and values. But when I'm feeling triggered and dysregulated, I don't have access to them. And it doesn't feel possible for me to really stick to my courage of my convictions. And that can be so unbelievably frustrating. Um, I know that's something that I have lived with a number of times where I will have really strong beliefs related to the state of the world, ideology, um, my own personal boundaries, and then be in a situation that's triggering for me and stressful for me and feel like I cannot find my voice and I can't express how I feel. So that can be extremely frustrating. And I feel like this is the first example of what we'll see as the widening gap between her and the person she's relating to, which in this example, I'm viewing as her partner. So the final line of this verse is something that will be repeated over and over of, no, I could never give you peace. So that's kind of the theme of this entire song and something that, once again, I super, super relate to as someone with 
complex PTSD, someone who has had a sensation of peace isn't really accessible to me, peace isn't something that's possible for me, how am I supposed to give that to other people when I'm constantly feeling like there's danger within myself? So next part of the song says, but I'm a fire and I'll keep your brittle heart warm. If your cascade ocean wave blues come, all these people think love's for show, but I would die for you in secret. The devil's in the details, but you got a friend in me. Would it be enough if I could never give you peace? So now she's starting to move from just stating the, you know, the dangers in me. I can't always have that courage of my convictions. I cannot give you peace. Now she's shifting into would all the things that I can give you and show up for you, will that be enough if I can never give you peace? So she says, I'm a fire and I'll keep your brittle heart warm. I think this is a call to possibly Taylor's um, astrology sign of Sagittarius, which is a fire sign. But for me personally, I have a lot of fire in my chart, yes, but I also am just kind of a fiery person. I can get really excited about things. I can get really angry about things. I am very enthusiastic. Um, I can be spicy, perhaps, you know, um, like a fire and being with someone who maybe is more prone to, as she says, cascade ocean wave blues. So similar to my experience, my partner is much more prone to sadness or depression like experiences compared to me who I'm way more prone to anxiety. Um, but whether it's, you know, a mental illness or not, I think when someone in my life is experiencing sadness, grief, heartbreak, just having a hard time feeling low, I can definitely show up for them with a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of support. And I've had to learn over the years that a lot of times people don't want me to solve their problems or try to like fix their life, but rather I can support them better when I'm just a presence that helps uplift them. But I've noticed for me in my relationship with my partner that, um, a lot of times when one of us is struggling with something, whether I'm struggling with anxiety, he can be kind of my rock. He can be my support person. He can help me feel safe. And when he's struggling with having a bad day, feeling low, feeling um, more depressed, I can show up for him and really help him um, take care of his like needs, the things he needs to do. Um, and I can also just be that person that reminds him that it will be okay and that I'm here for him no matter what. So that's what these lyrics remind me of. Uh, she follows that by saying, all these people think love's for show, but I would die for you in secret. So that speaks to me of this, you know, distinction that I've had to make in my life where in the past love was absolutely for show. So I was in an abusive relationship. I was in multiple toxic relationships where on the surface, I was showing love. I was posting pictures. I was writing things that conveyed how much I loved this person. And I did, a part of me absolutely loved them, was completely infatuated and, you know, in a cycle of codependency. Um, but that's all I showed, you know, the love was for show. The reality of the situation was there wasn't a whole lot of love there. There was obsession, there was infatuation, and there was a lot of victimhood and codependency as I thought that I was kind of meant to be in these really unhealthy, toxic relationships. So what I have learned in my healthy relationship that's now been going on for seven, 
seven years is love isn't a show. It's not something that we need to parade around and make sure everyone knows. I don't feel the need to ensure that my parents or that not my parents, that my friends know how much my partner loves me. I don't need to convince anyone of that because it's in the details, as she says, devil's in the details, um, which, you know, I think could mean different things. But the truth of the matter is in the details. The truth of the matter is in secret, so to speak. And so in the past, what was happening in secret was a tremendous amount of harm and abuse. But now what's happening in secret, quote unquote, or in private is a tremendous amount of love, care and support. And so I can trust that that's naturally going to shine through and I don't have to put on a show anymore. And so all of these things were absolutely adjustments for me going from the relationships I had been in the past into this new healthy one that's been going on now for a long time. So another thing that this brought up for me was how on the outside, other people may never see how much we go through, but we will know what it is and how important it is. So this idea of the devils and the details, but you got a friend in me, meaning, you know, other people may never understand all the things that we've had to work on to make this relationship work. That's a big part of what the course is, Blooming Relationships that I've mentioned previously. It's about the things that as trauma survivors, we have to work on with our partners and with our friends and with our family that other people may never know about and they never see. It's often very thankless and which is why I try to provide a lot of support and encouragement to people I work with because a lot of people don't see what we're going through and they don't know how hard it is to be in healthy relationships when you've been set up for chaotic or dysfunctional ones. But this this song, you know, speaking between you and a partner is basically saying other people may never understand but I want you to know that you have a friend in me and she ends this verse with or this part of the song with would it be enough if i could never give you peace um so now she's kind of asking is this way that i'm able to show up for you is the work that i'm committed to doing is our private love that's maybe not always on show enough is it enough if i can never bring you peace if i can never be a peaceful person entirely for you so the next verse here says, your integrity makes me seem small. You paint dreamscapes on the wall. I talk shit with my friends. It's like I'm wasting your honor. So once again, this really speaks to me as a piece of honesty about emotional maturity. So if she is with someone who has a tremendous amount of integrity and is able to paint dreamscapes on the wall, that reminds me of just having a healthy relationship with creativity. She, like, if this was me, I might be feeling like there is something wrong with me because it is hard to remain in integrity, like we said, when you're triggered, when you're coping with trauma. It can be really hard to stick to your convictions, speak from your values without just constantly trying to react to the feelings that you're having inside or the situations that are going on in your world. So when someone is able to stay in integrity and feel safe enough to dream, that to me speaks of someone who is regulated enough to connect to their creativity, connect to their core values. And so if you are someone that's in a relationship with someone who is pretty mentally healthy, and you are someone that's struggling a lot with mental illness or trauma, you might look to that person with almost envy or jealousy, and that might stir up feelings of shame as well. You might feel like, what is wrong with me that I don't have this access to 
creativity or my values or integrity. She carries this over with saying, I talk shit with my friends. It's like I'm wasting your honor. So talking shit with your friends is ultimately a way of connecting to others, but it can make you feel really like gross or icky after because you realize, well, yeah, I got like bonded with my friend over this, but it was about talking shit about someone else. And like, ultimately that doesn't feel good. And especially if you're contrasting it to a partner who entertains themselves with creativity and is able to remain in integrity and, you know, maybe isn't talking shit with their friends, um, it can make you feel like a bad person or simply, you know, not good enough and wonder if, as she says, you're wasting their honor. So, you know, it's to me, this part of the song is really just speaking to the shame of being an imperfect or a mentally ill person and how easily it is to assume that the person in our life is going to judge us for it because of how much we're used to judging ourselves. Okay, next up, she says, and you know that I'd swing with you for the fences, sit with you in the trenches, give you my wild, give you a child, give you the silence that that only comes when two people understand each other, family that I chose now that I see your brother as my brother. Is it enough? So I notice in this song, she's kind of going back, back and forth between noticing her own shame or feeling like she's not good enough and really latching on to all the things that she does do for the relationship or all the quote unquote proof she has that she is good enough. So I think that can happen in ways that is, you know, contemplative and, you know, a pondering sort of curious questioning. And it can also happen in a way that feels kind of like splitting between I am not enough for this person and wow, I do so much for them. They better love me. So I think a lot of different people can, you know, read into the song based on their own experience. What I'm thinking is she's kind of saying, I am not perfect, but I am deeply dedicated to you. Yes, peace is going to be a difficult thing for me to give you, but you know what I can give you is deep, de deep devotion. I will fight for you. I will fight beside you. I will give you my wild, as in I will let you tame me somewhat. Um, that could be it. Or it's saying, I know my wildness is a gift that I will give you and improve your life with. I will give you my wild, as in I will give you so much fun so much like happy joyful enthusiastic experiences um and i will revel in your wildness as well and then also that phrase of give you a child i think is really just saying like i love you enough to have kids with you that's how deeply i care for you and how much i trust you and then there's that silence that says we are close enough for this intimacy that only comes when two people understand each other. And I will choose your family and choose to blend our lives together. I see your brother as my brother, so to speak. So I feel like this verse is really speaking to her commitment to the relationship and um, at the same time at the end wondering, is it enough? Is this going to be enough for you to stay with me despite the fact that I can never give you peace? So another thing that's interesting about this song and how it really applies to my life is my partner Luke is an Enneagram 9, and if you know anything about that, 9 is typically referred to as the peacemaker. So he is someone that values peace a lot, which is even more the reason why this song applies to me. Um, and so I'm an Enneagram too, and we have a lot of overlap in that we both like harmony, we both like relationship well-being, we both care about each other a lot, but there is a little bit of a difference where to me in our relationship, 
he as a type nine is so focused on peace that a lot of times me being more chaotic and wild has made me feel really bad about myself. And so not because he made me feel bad about myself, but just kind of how the song says of just wondering, like, am I ever going to be enough if I can't be that peaceful person that you want? And so for me, doing the work over the years in our relationship, like both of us doing the work, I've come to a place where I've under I understand that sometimes he doesn't have the capacity for my energy, for my chaos. Um, he doesn't understand my anxiety and he doesn't maybe understand why I would orient towards some of the things that I would if it causes me strife or anxiety. Um, and that's okay. Like I've just grown an acceptance of that is he's not always going to be the person that I should relate to when I am needing um, that kind of engagement. But he is the kind of person that can provide me and our life with a significant amount of peace. Um, and so, yeah, there's a balance and a dance with all healthy relationships where we learn, like, is it possible for us to meet each other's needs? And, you know, we've obviously, as we're getting married, are feeling very confident and, you know, secure in what we've created. Um, but over the years, I've definitely, you know, related a lot to this song of feeling like, you love peace so much how the hell are you going to make it work with me who is just not really inherently a peaceful person but we have found ways to make it work and for that i am very grateful so moving on to the next part she says there's robbers to the east clowns to the west i'd give you my sunshine give you my best but the rain is always going to come if you're standing with me so once again kind of repeating this refrain of you know, the rain is always going to come. I am going to do my best to give you everything I have. I will do my best to be happy, loving, warm, but the rain is always going to come for me because I live with trauma or you could insert any other mental illness. Probably I'm never going to be perfect. I'm never going to be this peaceful person that is always going to, you know, fill our home with gentleness and peace. There is chaos within me. There is darkness within me. And I think Taylor's also saying, you know, I have enemies and drama that is both maybe real and in my head in the form of memories from the past. So for me in my life personally, I don't feel like I have the same kind of enemies as Taylor Swift has with, you know, Kanye West and Scott Bruschetta and all, I don't even know how to say his name, uh, Scooter Braun and all that. Like she has very real enemies. For me, my enemies are my abuser. Um, and we don't have any contact whatsoever. And so it's not really like an enemy relationship. To me, it's more in my head and something that I've had to live with and do a lot of therapy around is, you know, feeling like someone isn't out to get me at all the time. Um, but that feeling of not being safe or that someone's out to get you can cause a tremendous amount of whatever the opposite of peace is, chaos, upheaval, distress, all that. And so I think this verse is really saying, look, there is stuff in my life. There's memories. There are people out there in the world that are always going to disrupt my feeling of peace because of what I've been through. I will give you my sunshine. I will give you my best. I will do everything that I can for you. But guess what? If you're going to commit to me, you're going to have to be prepared for the rain to come. So I think that's a very realistic way to look at it and an honest way of approaching relationships instead of trying to hide and cover up your lived experience. And that's really what I advocate for in my course and beyond. Then she repeats the chorus of, but I'm a fire and I'll keep your brittle heart warm. If your cascade ocean wave blues come, all these people think love's for show, but I would die for you in secret. The devil's in the details, but you got a friend in me. Would it be enough if I could never give you peace? Which she repeats again two times. 
So yeah, just kind of really closing the song with the unknown, you know, there's still a question at the end, she's sort of asking this person. And what I really like about that is, instead of just dismissing this relationship as not possible, because she could never give them peace, she's giving them a chance to comment on this. She's being honest about her experience of life, what she goes through, what she needs, what she can offer. And she's basically asking this other person, is that going to be enough for you? Is that going to work for you? And I would, you know, add to this, if it's not, I understand. It might be really, really hurtful if someone says, no, I can't handle your mental illness. But it's an honest way of looking at the relationship compared to manipulating someone into staying or contorting and trying to change yourself into someone that you think they think would be good enough. So for example, in my relationship, I can't pretend that Yep, Luke, you know, I am going to be that peaceful person now and forever. Like, that's just not realistic for me and my experience. I have to be honest about where I'm at and what I need as far as support. And so that's ultimately what I really advocate for in my work is not to dismiss your trauma, not to pretend it's not there, nor to expect other people to take responsibility for your mental health, but rather to just be honest about where you're at, be open with it as much as possible. Obviously, you don't need to be open about it right away. Um, but including your partner or your friends or your loved ones, the people you trust in your healing experience. So you're not totally isolating yourself, which is what I did in the first couple years of our relationship. So that is my analysis of Peace by Taylor Swift. Thank you so much for listening. As a gentle reminder, if you are someone that is actively working on your relationships after trauma, my course Blooming Relationships is open for enrollment now through September 27th. And I created this to be a resource specifically for trauma survivors who are noticing the past is showing up in their present day relationships. So you can read all about that, learn, um, see testimonials from past students and everything on my website, which will be linked in the show notes, but it's emmymarie.com slash blooming dash relationships. Please feel free to send me an email if you have any questions about that or anything else. And I hope to see you on the next episode. Bye.